And welcome, Jet fans, to another very special edition of the Just Another Jets podcast. We are very lucky to be joined from SB Nation's Mile High Report. Her name is Lori Latimer Volkman. And Lori, thanks for joining the program. Thanks for having me. I love the name of your podcast. Clever. Uh, yeah, we again, it's just another lost just another lost season for the Jets and just another pod, Jets podcast. We like to fly under the radar here. <laughs> Yep. And uh, so I'm going to dive right into it, Lori. Let's talk about not the 1,000-pound gorilla or the 2,000-pound or the gorilla. I'm talking about the 10,000-pound gorilla that's in the room. And that, of course, is this feud between Nate Hackett and, of course, Sean Payton. I have to ask you from a Broncos perspective, having, uh, I guess let's call it, suffered through last year with Nate Hackett <laughs> at the helm. Uh, wh- do you pick a side here? Is there a little truth on each side? And what do you make of this? little feud in the media between the Broncos now head coach and former head coach. Yeah. So it's funny. I think when it first happened, I did not have like this initial sort of visceral reaction. Like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe Sean Payton said that, you know, and broke the coach's code. Like, you know, Nathaniel Hackett mentioned afterwards because I felt like what, what Payton was doing kind of was letting his players know, because you know, this would happen in July, like they hadn't really done, they'd done preseason, hadn't gotten into training camp, and certainly not the regular season. But it felt like he was trying to let the players know, hey, it's not your fault. Last season's over, and we're, you know, we're moving on, and it's gonna, you know, like, do, like there's no blame on you. But clearly, as I, you know, watch the media, like, you know, meltdown that happened over the next two days. I do think naming Nate Hackett in that was probably <laughs> ill-advised. And now, what a what a bite in the ass, quite honestly, when he, you know, Sean Payton's one and three and has had a few of the same issues with, like, you know, some penalties and false starts. Certainly not the just the circus that we had last year. Um, so I think, you know, he, he definitely is eating some humble pie and deserves to. So I think, I feel like it, I don't think Sean Payton probably recognized what he was doing when he made a specific, you know, when he made a specific charge to a specific person, he shouldn't have done that, but he wasn't wrong. And that's why I think as a Broncos fan and a lot of Broncos fans, it was almost a relief to say, yes, I mean, what, it was just such a clown show last year. And so, and we're all mad at Nathaniel Hackett. Like, like, let's be honest. I feel like, you know, he ruined, squandered a, a Russell Wilson that, you know, needed reining in, but could have been a lot better than he was. So, all that said, <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett's not a bad guy. In fact, I, I, as a person, he is a great guy. I felt bad for him last year. So, it would be nice to get this game over with and, like, move on past the drama and just talk about football and and try and talk about whether Nathaniel Hackett can be a good offensive coordinator and whether Vance Joseph can come up with some sort of defensive game plan that makes sense. Um, So it's going to be a really interesting game. It'd be nice if we don't have to talk about that that off-field drama because it takes away from, I think, the real questions on the field, and there are many. And again, we can get away from the bullets and board material, but I can I can tell you from the Jets' perspective and watching and listening to a lot of the interviews that uh, Rob Sala, of course, is using that as bullets or bullets and board material in the locker room. Whether that translates onto the field, we'll see. But you, you mentioned another. 
former Broncos head coach, of course, now is in his uh, second stint with the team and Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator now. Uh, what What is exactly happening on the defensive side of the ball? Because from a Jets perspective here, uh, it's kind of baffling to me that everybody just all of a sudden expects Zach Wilson, who was just under such scrutiny and under fire before a solid performance, and dare I say outperforming Pat Mahomes on uh, Sunday Night Football. Everyone's almost expecting for Zach Wilson to light the world on fire again against this struggling Denver Broncos defense what uh, what exactly has gone wrong this year as far as a schematic standpoint or uh you know their guys i see on the injury report in and out of the lineup what's going on on the defensive side of the ball and what kind of game plan can you expect against an inexperienced and uh up and down quarterback like zach wilson it's a great question i think and i i actually said on a radio show the other day to me this game is really is very interesting because it's like Sean Payton and Rob Sala are, I think, you know, very smart coaches. And I think, you know, Payton's offense and Sala's defense are going to really match wits because that's, of course, the strength of both teams. Um, and on the other side, though, our weakness, the defense and your weakness, the offense have to battle. So it's like, which which grouping of coaches is gonna beat the other one out? And I like I think it's I just think it's such an interesting matchup. And I I fear for the Broncos, to be honest. I don't have much confidence in Vance Joseph. And I to answer your question, I I don't really know. Like I think the I think part of the problem might be that Joseph is doing a little more zone coverage than man which is not his strength and i think that's probably coming a little bit from sean payton's direction and so uh i think he's not comfortable and confident in what he's doing and so it's a little chaotic uh, you know and so i don't know let me certainly wouldn't have been paying attention all year but like the first game of the season we had almost no pressure on the quarterback on on jimmy garoppolo and you know jimmy garoppolo diced us up so then the next week it seemed like all we did was try to get pressure, but we got beat all the time. So then, you know, our, our secondary was stressed and we don't have the strongest secondary. We have several players hurt. So we're playing with a couple of, we're playing a little bit into our depth, which isn't all that strong. So I think our best, our best plan is to hope that Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito are outside edge rushers can put pressure on Zach Wilson, but get to him. Like that's, if you don't do that, you're, you're hosed, right? Like if you're going to, if you're going to try and rush the quarterback, you need to really affect him. Otherwise there's usually an open receiver. There's an open spot on the field and you're going to get gashed. And that is what has been happening to us for the most part. Last week it was happening. And then we kind of clamped down in the fourth quarter and you know, we let the Bears run all over us, the Bears offense, for crying out loud. And then suddenly we, our defense just, I don't know what they did. I don't know if they had a little come to Jesus moment or something on the sideline. I know Kareem Jackson kind of pulled everybody together <laughs> and said, you know, do you, we, we're better than this. Um, and they, and then they forced a three and out and had a fourth down stand and had an interception and had a strip sack and a scoop and score. So it was like, Four possessions in a row, they looked amazing, but they had looked terrible for literally three and a half games before that. So, you know, my hope is that our defense kind of figured a few things out. I think it's communication issues. I think it's coach, um, you know, confidence issues. And so maybe they got a little 
a little better with that by that fourth quarter last week that they can use that going into this. But um, like our best shot is trying to rattle Zach Wilson, and he did he did look a lot better last week. I watched that game and I was impressed and and also worried. <laughs> so, um, but I think if if our edge rushers can can rattle him, that's our you know our best impact because our secondary we are getting justin simmons back um we have pat sertan and kareem jackson but we don't have much behind them so anybody gets hurt or anybody you know isn't playing well and we're in trouble and it looks like of the injury report that i have from thursday you have a lot of guys on that defensive side of the ball frank clark with a hip is limited in practice randy gregory had a non-injury related uh uh, type of designation so he was out for practice as of thursday and uh, Justin Simmons, you mentioned, looks like he's going to come back limited practice. I, I want to shift the talk to the offensive side of the ball. And, of course, Russell Wilson, you know, believe me, as a Jet fan and a podcaster, I'm no stranger to being the butt of a lot of jokes. Uh, no pun intended with the butt fumble and the list goes on and on and on. Right. <laughs> so, I, I, right. So when, you know, when you see all the gifts and the memes of the Russell, let Russ cook and the, uh, you know, the, the burning kitchen in the background, I mean, has, has yeah. Russell Wilson kind of ingratiated himself a little bit, maybe this season to the Denver Bronco fan base as basically Sean Payton is taking the exact opposite tactic of what Nathaniel Hackett did is not giving him special treatment and trying to treat him just like another one of the, the 53. Are you seeing uh, signs that Russell Wilson is starting to rediscover that Pro Bowl form? And as a global question about the offensive well, as well, uh, you know, you look across a lot of his targets. One guy that stands out to me is Jerry Judy, who is first couple years in the league looked like he was going to be a top five receiver. Are, are you seeing that chemistry uh, develop because production wise through four games doesn't look like he's nearly making uh, the, the impact that many people I think would have expected. Yes. Okay. That's a lot of questions. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. I'm happy to take him on. I think first to talk about Russell Wilson, I mean like, yes to all of those. Um, I think that, you know, he, I think he learned that his, his actions and his life, you know, his sort of, not lifestyle so, as much, but his, his football lifestyle, the way he, the way he kind of separated himself, had his, his, his own staff and all that was not helping him, even though players, players would really support him. And they, you know, the, his office was open, you know, like he could, he, he wasn't really, uh, he didn't. He, I don't think he emotionally isolated himself, but physically he was sort of isolated. And, but, you know, that just probably creates, I don't know if it created division. I think it just created a little bit like he, he wasn't one of the guys and that probably contributed to some of the, the offense uh, problems, you know, the chemistry. But I think he learned his lesson. I think Sean Payton, you know, the way he's handled him is exactly the way he needed to and the way anyone needed to. And so by reining him in and 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 also providing a a scheme and a and a cohesion to the offense that Russell can work well within they've had success and that breeds more confidence and and he's just he's kind of getting better and more comfortable with it and i think you know the the offense is working as and so it's all for fans to answer your question about how fans are doing i think yeah, I think I think fans are, there's there's still tons of anti-rust stuff out there, but I think that's that's a little bit different. Those are those are not people paying close attention, and they might not even be the Broncos fans so much. They're just football fans who 
you know, pay a lot of attention across the board. And, you know, they've, they've made their mind up about Russ. I think Bronco fans have been watching the offense get better and watching Russell do really well and, and watching, you know, and, and Russell, he is, I think a lot of people do appreciate that he's, he's a good person, you know, and he gets in the community and he does a lot of stuff. And, um, so I think he's, I think he's winning back quite a few people, especially with his performance. Um, I, I do, you know, it'll, it'll take time. And, but I think, People are also mad about the contract, and so I, I'm not sure people want to keep Russell Wilson much more than they ha- we have to, just to get our money's worth. Um, and you know, we'll probably talk about this, but there's a lot of fans who are looking already to the future, and after losing the first three, they're like, let's just tank and get Caleb Williams. You know, it's, it's like there's not a lot of loyalty to Russell Wilson if he can be better. So who knows? Um, as far as the offense in general, it is interesting. You know, I actually was writing about this today. You, we were expecting Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, right? And we're mm-hmm. getting some Cortland Sutton, some Jerry Judy, but a lot of Brandon Johnson, a lot of Marvin Mims, mm-hmm. and some tight ends. And I think that's more credit to, to Sean Payton just being able to spread, you know, have a scheme that spreads the ball around and and make it harder on defenses to just key in on one guy, and which we need because we, you know, Jerry Judy gets hurt <laughs> uh, a little bit too often. Cortland Sutton is good, but he's not a speed guy, so you can only, you know, you only have certain. He, he runs the post a lot. He's not mm-hmm. going to do a lot of other stuff. So, so it's been really good to see these other guys kind of come up and, and be playmakers because we need it. Frankly. And if, you know, look, there's one guy in the Denver Broncos roster I'm rooting for. It's Long Valley, New Jersey native Mike Burton, the fullback. You know, he's a Rutgers product, uh, my neck of the woods in Long Valley. I I will certainly root for him to to score four touchdowns uh, in this game and and have as great a game as possible. But that kind of gets to my point about both of these teams having somewhat of an identity crisis offensively. And, you know, you could argue for the the Broncos defensively after that 70-point performance by Mike McDaniel and company. But... (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't think that's going to be the first crooked number. I mean, the Dolphins play, of course, the New York Giants this weekend down in uh, Miami, and we could see a crooked number on the board again. Maybe it'll make the, maybe yeah. make Vance Joseph a little happier if another 70 pointers <laughs> hung up there. But um, I, I want to kind of not harp on it, but go back to the offense and Javante Williams and Samaje P. Ryan, who's, uh, I believe, a former Jet as well. Um, you know, when Russell Wilson was having the most success in Seattle, of course, he was leaning heavily in offensive line that, frankly, was not great in pass protection. They were physical. They'd run, they'd get downhill, run the ball, and get him on the move outside the pocket. From And I've seen very few Bronco games, of course, not being nationally televised from what I'm seeing in the highlights. Uh, do you think, what is the identity of this Broncos offense? I mean, as far as off, you know, passing to running, what is the, um, what is going to be the expected plan of attack here against a Jets defense that overall is healthy? They're missing DJ Reed, um, which is actually, I would argue, a very significant loss because, again, he, as the second corner, now you're going to ask a guy like Michael Carter, who was picked on uh, several weeks ago against uh, by Mac Jones, of all people. So what do you expect? And I'll keep this uh, simple so you won't have to answer a whole line of questions here. What what do you expect to be the Broncos' offensive game plan against this very stout Jets defense, but a Jets defense that 
has not taken the ball away all that often. Do you expect more ball control or do you think, like you said, it's going to be kind of a, a 50-50 balanced offense? Well, I don't think we've quite made the 50-50 yet. Like, we, you know, Sean Payton would like to do that. I know that has been his MO, we, and I think we just don't quite have the, the talent to do that effectively. Um, and, it, you know, we've gotten a better O-line, so that's that's been helpful. Um, but the, you know, Javante Williams is hurt now again, and I, I think it's, you know, it's not as significant. I think it's a hip injury, hopefully just a couple of weeks, or I, I don't even know, they haven't really said, but not a knee, you know, not a season-ending one like he had last year. And so we're relying on P. Ryan and Jaleel McLaughlin, who's an undrafted rookie, who had success last week, but, you know, again, he's, he's, he's new, he, you know, he's jumping and alluded to the fact that, like, they're still – they're still trying to figure out how to use him too, with because when he has to be part of the blocking scheme, they don't want a, a big mismatch because he's you know little. So, but right. they can't they can't use. He doesn't have the experience and the power, I think, in the running backs and and even the like consistency because of injury to really to really nail down that that running the running game kind of um, identity as as an offense uh, that he would like to or even more. 50-50, but it definitely helps, and we've been watching, I mean, Russell Wilson has been so much more successful this year because they have moved him around, you know, the, he's, he, you know, he's, he's doing the, the boot, and he's, you know, he's, he's running, and before he's throwing, and he's, you know, and he's doing, he's doing really well, and the play action is working, and so I think, I think you'll continue to see that, and hopefully work in more running plays, I mean, I know that's what Peyton wants to do. I just don't think he's been able to have the personnel to do it effectively yet. And you touched on this, but I know a lot of Bronco fans and Jets fans might be in the same boat, even though, of course, with Aaron Rodgers going down after four plays. And if you believe all this big talk about Aaron Rodgers saying, I'm coming back this year, well, if the Jets are, of course, 3-14 and 14 or 4-13, and 13, that's going to be not even in, in the cards, even as miraculous as he thinks this this uh, rehab is going to be. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it, right? So, I mean, w- you know, when you look ahead and the Jets really got through the meat of their schedule, of course, they're going to take on the Eagles after this game. But like we talked about before the start of the show, Lori, I mean, is is in fact the loser of this contest dropping to one and four? Of course, the Broncos two out of the next three weeks taking on Kansas City, followed by a trip to Buffalo in a, a Monday night game. I, I mean, if for all intents and purposes, the loser of this game and, and you know what's going to happen, of course, they'll both tie and then this will be a moot point. But <laughs> but is the <laughs> is the is the loser of this game essentially done for the year and, and going to be in on that Caleb Williams uh, sweepstakes or what what can the loser of this game, whether it is the Jets or the Broncos, do they have anything to look ahead for the rest of the year? Yeah, it's such a. I'm I'm always so conflicted at this point of the season, and unfortunately, I've been at this point of the season the last seven years. Hmm. You know, around this time, <laughs> and uh, where like I I would never I would never be like I can't even I can't even publicly say yeah let's tank or let's lose <laughs> because you know that mentality is so toxic to a team and to the to the culture in the locker room. Um, so you. So I think fans love to do it. So like the smart thing, the strategy is, if, you know, losing is actually better for us because then we get Caleb Williams and, you know, then we can start over. Uh, and my thought is, uh, like, if we end up losing because we're just not the better team, but we, you, you know, like, 
we go one in 16 or whatever we go, um, then fine. I'm all, you know, like I will be so happy to get Caleb Williams. Um, even, you know, Drake may if we're second, but I could never like look at this point ahead and say, yeah, this is, this is what I'm hoping for because I feel like, the more you keep losing, and this, we've seen this for seven years, the more you keep losing, the harder it is to believe that you can win. And then you get into a close game, and you don't really know how to fight for it. And you don't really know how to have that that confidence and that mentality that we're going to do this. And I think this is one of the reasons why these poor, great quarterbacks out of college, you know, they come to the bad team, they come to the 1-16 and team, and rarely – does it go well for them because the team, there's a reason the team is one and whatever. It's because they don't have a lot of other pieces. And so you put this poor, you know, 21 year old kid in there to lead the team and the team doesn't know how to win. The team's tired of losing the team's, you know, missing a lot of parts and, you know, the O line or the defense or whatever that are going to really help a young quarterback uh, or, you know, playmakers at the wide receiver position. And, and so then you you have this the thing we keep watching where the teams with the young star, it's sometimes they can hang in there. Like I think Jacksonville, this might work out for them, but that's partly because they got some other big pieces in there, and they weren't as far away as, as like some some teams. So I'm not really answering your question other than to say, like if we lose tomorrow, there'll be a part of me that will will we'll kind of hope that we can keep losing because the worst thing is to win a couple games and end up five and 12. And then you're not in a great draft position to get the best, you know, the best position you need, but you're also, um, you know, clearly you're bad. (laughs) So, and that's where we've been the last few years. We've been at the bottom tier, but not the very bottom to where we can really get the star. And so, but it will crush my soul to be rooting for, like, I can't root for a loss. My my goal would be to root for, we play great, but the other team plays greater, and we just barely lose. And so the guys don't feel as disheartened. Like, the Miami loss was disheartening. Mm. And then it looked like it was going to be the same way in Chicago, and I was sure that they were going to crumble. And I think the most encouraging thing I saw was that in the fourth quarter, they didn't actually give up, which it would have been really easy because they had essentially played seven quarters of bad football in the last two weeks. And uh, somehow, mentally, they turned it around. And so I don't know that, you know, based on our schedule and just our team talent, I don't know that we can win a lot more games. But I'd hate to be in that, that middle spot again. We just, we have to get out of it one way or the other. So I, I'm conflicted, but I would be you know, happy with one and 17, happier than, happier than five and 12. (laughs) And, and believe me, I can speak from experience here. I've lived in that place of misery tanking, whether it was suck for Sam going back to Mark Sanchez or tank for Trevor and ending up with Zach Wilson. There's nothing, nothing guaranteed in the NFL. And, you know, who's to say Caleb Williams would, uh, you know, pull a Peyton Manning and, uh, you know, I'm not coming out. (laughs) I'm not coming out. I don't want to play for team A, B or C. So, you know, I, I agree with you, Lori. There's definitely, you can't count your chickens before you hatch and try to, you know, enter in a tank kind of sweepstakes scenario. Um, and, and I just, you know, as a, uh, uh, observer from afar, can't see Sean Payton as the type of coach that, 
you know, really wants to develop a young rookie quarterback. And that kind of segues into my question about the Broncos. You mentioned over the last six or seven years of uh, largely suffering. Do you think that, <laughs> yeah, which, and believe me, I can, it can uh, relate to that, but yeah, so I mean, let me ask you this, and I know we only have a couple minutes here. When, of course, the the Broncos went the route of Peyton Manning, uh, and you know, went to back to back Super Bowls, of course, winning uh, in Peyton Manning's swan song. Do you think that was, in a way, kind of a blessing and a curse that this regime, of course, with John Elway in that front office, thought that instead of uh, you know truly developing or finding a quarterback that could be that next franchise guy, going the route now, kind of again in a proven Super Bowl winner, much like Peyton Manning was bringing in Russell Wilson and so far to this point has been a failed experiment. You know, this year still remains to be seen. Do you think in some way that that kind of maybe skewed the front office's thinking um, as far as just trying to fast track success for this for this franchise that, uh, you know, you could speak to this more than anyone over the last six or seven years has just uh, failed to produce uh, wins and, and meaningful playoff runs? Well, I, I mean, I, I have a very – I think a little bit more nuanced answer to that because uh, yes and no, I, I don't think, I don't think John, I don't think it was a curse to like think that that's a great idea to bring, you know, you, cause it worked with Peyton Manning that then bringing in Russell Wilson, like that was a, that the reason that failed was because we just don't want to develop talent. I think the reason that failed was because of this perfect storm of, of, like, and I and I well, this is where I blame Nathaniel Hackett. Like his approach and his ineptitude as you know as an organized head coach to handle everything and try to do play calling that made sense and all of those things. Like it really messed up Russ Wilson's opportunity. Russ Wilson did his own part to that by you know like we talked about like his whole like the way he kind of carries himself and does his thing and I think maybe thought he was going to be it's going to be easier and he's going to be better and he's just going to transfer all his success from Seattle and all that stuff. But I don't think that Russell Wilson's year last year should be the reason we say you shouldn't bring in a France, you know, a, a good court, you know, like an elite quarterback, even on his second contract or, or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of his second half of his career and think that's not a good approach. However, <laughs> I will also add the Broncos have got to freaking learn how to develop QB talent. Mm. We do have, you do have to do that. Uh, here, my one scenario that I, that I do love is if we lose, but we, you know, like I said, we, we play great, <laughs> we get better, but we just, you know, we have a young defense. Um, and I should let you know, you, I, we skipped over really quick, but Randy Gregory was released on Thursday. He, he wasn't, he didn't practice and then they released him. Oh, um, okay. And they're really, yeah, they're, I think they're basically going with, you know, kind of build, you know, young, young guys. So we have a, you know, kind of a, we definitely have a young group on, on the edge and, um, you know, the, the backups really on the O line. So, it, I mean, the, the D line. So anyway, I think if we play great and the offense starts clicking, but we're just not good enough to beat these other teams because our defense can't hold back Mahomes and Herbert and, Kirk Cousins in a little bit and Josh Allen, you're like, we're going to be, we're playing some high powered offenses. We're going to have such a tough time, but we get, you know, so we get Caleb Williams. We win the sweepstakes. We, we have Russell Wilson for another two years and we let Caleb 
develop like you're supposed to develop a, a college quarterback rather than throwing him in the gauntlet with the team that's struggling, you know, give him time to develop. And that probably is, you know, helps Sean Payton a little bit too. And then, then he takes over when it's time for Russell Wilson to, you know, to move on and retire or whatever he's going to try to do. So I, I like to, I know I just, I took the, the easy route on your question by trying to answer it both ways, but I don't, I'm not against doing what they did. And we were all so excited for Russell Wilson. I just think we made a lot of mistakes, both him and the franchise and the coaching staff to not make that situation work. Um, the worst thing that we have done is, is brought in QB talent that was mediocre and thought we could make it Trevor Simeon, Case Keenum. Oh God. I mean, that's such a long list. It's ridiculous. Paxton Lynch. I mean, that one was kind of a, a draft pick, you know, that we thought, but he still, he wasn't one of the top ones. So it's like, I think, I think that the arrogance of John Elway and even maybe George Payton to think, you know, we, we don't need the best quarterback. We're good enough without it. Hopefully we've learned that lesson. You absolutely do. <laughs> I just, you know, and if you're really good at, at noticing talent, like, um, you know, some of these guys who noticed Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, who didn't go number one, but, you know, truly were great quarterbacks, you know, that's the true gem, right? Like, you need that scout who really understands what's going to make it in the NFL or what's going to make it with a particular team. And Broncos have not been able to do that. And Lori, again, we always appreciate your perspective on the Broncos, what, whatever they call that stadium up there, the Empower Field at Mile High, the Broncos Stadium <laughs> at Mile High, 425 yeah. kickoff Eastern time, uh, Jets at the Denver Broncos. And thank you guys again for joining us on this latest episode of Just Another Jets podcast. Jet fans and Bronco fans, I think they'll unfortunately reluctantly accept a loss. They will definitely take a win. But let's not root for a tie because that could be the worst case scenario for everyone. Thanks again, Lori. Just another Jets podcast. and, And we'll talk to you down the road.